Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So we're going to be reading out of Genesis 45. Starting in verse 1, it says, Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried out, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now... Do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For those two years, the famine has been in the land and there are still five years left. There are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And the Lord sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. Mm. And, he's, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Hurry up and go to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen and you shall be near to me, you and your children and your children's children, your flocks and, and your herds and all that you have. There I will provide for you, lest you and your, and your household and all that you have come to poverty. For there's still five years of famine. Mm. And behold, your eyes, in the eyes of my brother Benjamin, see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. So you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and all that you have seen. And you shall hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell to his, on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. Hallelujah. So we're going to continue with our trusting God in all seasons, no matter what it looks like. We need to trust God in all seasons. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this church, I thank you for this church and all and everyone that is here today, all the families, all the leaders here, Lord God. Bless them, Lord God. Bless them, Lord. 
Father, we know that you are still working things out for our good. We just thank you, God, again. We thank you for being present here today, Lord God. Thank you for calling me to, to be your vessel to, for today. What a great honor it is to minister your word, Lord God. So speak through my, vine, my mind, and, um, speak through my vocal cords and think with my mind. We don't want regular church, Lord God. We want to see you move. We want to see your presence here today. Lord, you spoke to me today. You said transformation, transformation will take place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody give him a shout. Yes, you may be seated or you can stand. Remain standing like me. So we've been talking about the life of Joseph. I've, I've been having a good time just reading um, Life of Joseph. I've read it for many years, but the Lord's just been giving me uh, just revelation about his life and then how uh, we can apply what we learn from Joseph um, is really important. Now Joseph is, uh, jo the story of Joseph Joseph is a prophetic of, of Jesus, right? And it teaches us how to trust God. Every chapter in the life of Joseph teaches us how to tr trust God. You know, it's a common thread uh, that's traced throughout the whole Bible that um, what, what moves God the most is trust. Right, so read throughout the Bible. Um, so you read about Abraham's life, he trusted God. You read about Isaac's life, he trusted God. Jacob's life, he trusted God. Joseph's life, he trusted God. Rebecca's life, he trusted God. In the life of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus trusted God. Trust, trust. We ought to trust in the Lord. And actually, the Bible gives us a blueprint of how to trust God. It's the Proverbs 3, 5 blueprint of how to trust God, right? It's trust him, lean on him, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths, right? So say it with me, trust him, lean on him, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. It's a blueprint. So we trust God, and it says with all of our hearts, like everything. Like, hold nothing back. Like, every day I have to trust God with my heart because God knows what's in it. Only he knows what's in it. Amen. So I need to trust him with my heart, not parts of my heart. No, I need to trust him with my heart. We're good? So trust, trust God with all of our hearts. So I love the, again, I love the life of Joseph. And if we just talk, if we just celebrate him going from the pit in the palace, but never talk about the process of getting there, we miss the whole story. We miss the entire story. God ordained pit stops along the way. He ordained pit stops. I mean, he taught Joseph how to trust him. It started with the pit. 
So just imagine, it was a message that I'm alone, so you are alone, but and God, was, God was there with him. Just me alone, you need to trust. There was, there was no one else there but God. Who, who else is he going to trust? So it's a picture of our lives that God alone we should trust. Because everything in our lives can be shaken, shaken, right, and, and, and destroyed. But God alone we can trust. Right? So God ordained some pit stops along the way. And he trusted God and everything, I love it, everything that Joseph touched, God blessed. Every place he went to, when he left, when he left Potiphar's house, he left it blessed. <laughs> Even though he got thrown into prison, he left Potiphar's house blessed. So everywhere he went, everything he did, God blessed because he trusted him. You know, God, when God calls you to do something, he will ordain pit stops along the way. Right? So you're not gonna go from the pit to the palace. That's, sometimes that's, that's hard because when we receive a call from God, we get so excited, be like, praise the Lord, God's gifted me, or God called me to do this. And tomorrow when we wake up, we're thinking, where's the palace? I'm here now. No, 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 no. When God calls you to do something, he must prepare you to do it because at the end of it, he will receive the glory. As I said last week, God's like an artist. You receive a call from him, right? You receive a call from him, and now he needs to kind of work things out, right? So each pit stop, He's making you look more like him. He's like an artist because we are created in his image. So each pit stop, right, is designed to create him, create us in his own image. So pit stops, pit stops, right? Pit stops are designed to build trust in God. We don't build trust in God on Sundays. It's not just Sunday where you build trust in God. It's Mondays with your private time with him. It's Tuesday, your private time, the trials that you face. Amen. You don't just build trust on Sunday. God just don't want us to do a Sunday thing, right? He wants us to spend time with him throughout the whole week. He designed trials to build trust in us. So he ordained these pit stops in our lives. But the one thing we should not do is complain in the pit. Because God's designed these pit stops to produce something in us, right? The worst thing we can do is to complain our way out of the pit, right? So the pit stop only magnifies the problem but minimizes your faith. Don't try to complain your way out. It's designed by God. It's ordained. Like you meant to go through what you are going through. Even your mistakes. He says that he orders our steps. 
So what you're going through is what you're supposed to go through. But at the end of it, James tells us to count it all joy. Count it all joy. So pit stops are designed to break us, right? So we can be usable for God, right? Break us. God's into broken things. God's into broken people, right? Whatever, it's, whatever he breaks, he will make it better. Amen? Break us, God. Use us. Break us. Use us. Break us, use us, break us, use us. Amen? Amen? See, we can say we trust God with all of our hearts, but I'm here to tell you that God will test to see if you trust him with all of your heart. Those trials that we face will test if you trust him with all of your heart. So if you go to Deuteronomy, you don't have to go there, I'll just tell you, 13, 3 and 4, it says, do not listen to them. The Lord your God is testing you to see if you truly love him with all of your heart. And so serve only the Lord your God and fear him alone obey his commands, listen to his voice, and cling to him. So here's God, when we go through trials, he is testing us to see if we trust him with, with all of our hearts. He's, he's seeing us, who, who you, are you serving? Because when you go through a trial, it will reveal who you serve. Are you serving other voices? other voices in your life, negative voices? Are you obeying his word and listening to his voice? Are you clinging to him? All those things will be revealed. I know this is not a popular message, I'm sorry. <laughs> but God's about trusting yeah. him. It's about trust, especially the times that we are living in right now. I believe God is looking down on, on waiting for believers to trust him. Yes. Yes. We're worried about when all of this thing's going to be. We're worried about the election. We're worried about when all this COVID thing is going to be. going. God's saying, no, trust me. He is saying, trust me. Trust me. Lean on me. Acknowledge me. Acknowledge that I can do what I said that I can do. Acknowledge me in your ways, in your actions, right? In your prayer life. Acknowledge me that I am God. I am a sovereign God. Acknowledge me and I will direct your path. I will direct your path. So God's used trials to test us. I believe we're all being tested right now. Who are you going to serve? during these times? Who are you obeying? Right? And who are you clinging to? So we must trust God regardless of the circumstance. Is anybody with me this morning? Y'all going with me? Yes. Life of Joseph is powerful. It's, it teaches us how to trust God regardless of the circumstance. 
Think about everything he went through to get to the palace. We can't be like, okay, well, it's just a nice Bible story. No, this is like real life stuff. Like he went literally through hell. <laughs> At scene, right? Being in the pit, enslaved, in prison. Then he got to the palace. So we need to trust God regardless of the circumstance. Matthew 8, 23, 27. It says, and when he got into the boat, this is Jesus talking, his disciples followed him and behold, there, there arose a great storm of, of the sea so that the boat was being swamped, swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And he went and woke him saying, save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Or you of little faith. Then he rose and rebuked the winds in the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, what sort of man is this that even winds in the sea obey him? So there are three types of storm, storms that Jesus had to calm. Because his disciples didn't trust him. So there's three type of storms that, that Jesus had to come, right? First, it was the external storm, right? It was the winds that, that, that was blowing, something that they cannot control, right? That's what we're in. We're in a global pandemic right now. It's something that, he, that we cannot control right now. So they, we either have to trust him or we panic like the disciples. Then it's the in internal storm that they were going through. He had to come. He was saying, why are you afraid? Jesus was right there in the boat with them. Do you know Jesus is in our boat? No matter what we go through in life, if you are born again believer, you love Christ, you love the Lord, he will, the, the, the Bible says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So he is in the boat with us right now. Everything that we're going through in this world, he is in the boat. So God is saying to some of us, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? So he had to calm the internal storm. And then he had to calm the spiritual storm. He had to calm the spiritual storm, right? They questioned what they once believed was true, right? So you had faith, sometimes we have faith until we go through something. Well, what happened? You once believed that God, God is mighty, he is sovereign, but what happened now that you're going through what you're going through? Sometimes we're like, well, what I heard about Jesus doesn't match what I see. <laughs> right? But he is God. He's right in the boat with us. You don't know what you believe until you face the test. Right? So everything's going on, storms going on in the boat. Jesus was right there with them, but they questioned their belief. Why were they so afraid? Did they not know what he's capable of doing? Are you with me? So we trust God in all seasons. 
Somebody say all seasons. I want to know if you've gone on this journey with me. Trust God no matter what. You trust God doesn't, doesn't matter how you feel. Right? You know, trust. What we say, what we've been saying for the last four weeks, trust, trusting in God is not a feeling. What is it? Yeah, it's a decision to obey. <laughs> because we know that he's sovereign. We know everything about it. We know that he won't leave us nor forsake us, right? We, we know that he loves us, right? We know that God doesn't make mistakes. Like, you're not a mistake. God doesn't make a mistake. So what you're going through is designed by him. <laughs> he don't make mistakes. He can't lie. He don't know how to do it, right? We're the professionals at that, but God can't, God can't lie. He, he, he can't do that. So what we are going through is designed by him, right? So with Joseph's life, right, God just directed his path, but his path didn't always look like his dream, right? So he went down many paths, right? God led him to many places but he was always on the right road. God was just working some things out in him. God was just building character in him. God was building some, Joseph needed some credibility, <laughs> right? Character builds trust. <laughs> if you don't have good character, no one's gonna trust you, right? So Joseph, God called Joseph, right? to bring forth this great deliverance. So God had to prepare him for that, prepare him for that. So last week we talked about a path that Joseph had to walk down before he became face-to-face -face with his brothers. Remember when we talked about that last week? He was face-to-face -face with his brothers. You know, what was he gonna do, right? What was he gonna do? He was, uh, was his first visit with them and he had pretended that pretended to call them spies right he was telling them that they were they were spies and um so he basically wanted them to repent right because he he knew what the goal was the goal was deliverance the goal was restoration right so restoration comes I mean, repentance comes before restoration so they, they needed to repent so they can receive god's restoration for their lives right so he walked in humility. That's what we talked about last week. He walked in humility, right? So humility is seen in what we do, not just what we say. Like, I can't just tell you that I'm humble. You need to see that I'm humble. Right? I can tell you all day, I'm, I'm humble. humble. I'm not authorized to tell, like, I'm, I can't tell you that I'm humble. That's, that don't mean anything. If you have to say it, right? I mean, you're probably not. Because you know what pride always says, right? Pride always says that I'm humble. Right? But it's, it's, it's humility is seen in what we do, how we, how we treat one another, right? Our service to God and everything that, that we do. That's, that's humility, right? And humility elevates our trust in God, right? Because it just shows our dependence in him. So it elevates our trust in God. Are we good? So there's another path that we need to talk about. Not a very popular one, but we need to talk about 
uh, this path in order for God to restore or deliver, uh, deliver us, right? So this path that Joseph had to walk down, and I, and I believe God's calling us to walk down this path as well. It was a path of forgiveness. He, he had to walk down. See, humility elevates your trust in God. Forgiveness reveals it. Yeah. Humility re reveals it. So Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, right? He couldn't take it any longer. This is the, the second visit with them. They, they came back with their brother, Benjamin. So it's the second visit he had with them. And he, he couldn't take it any longer. So he revealed himself uh, to them. And then they were like shocked. Now remember, for those that may, may, may not have been a part of the uh, services or hearing this message, remember the, the brothers threw him in the pit, right? And sold him, to, uh, sold him uh, you know, as a slave. So they didn't know if the guy was alive or not, right? Back in those days, you don't really make it, right? So they don't know. So here, here now, they are face to face with his brother that they did wrong. Threw him into slave. Now they're face to face. Now they, they, are, they were, the Bible says they were dismayed. They were shocked that they literally are looking at their brother. So they were thinking that, oh my goodness, is this guy going to retaliate? because now he has all the power. Second to Pharaoh, right? He has all the power, he can anything he says to them, he can just retaliate, he can, he can get rid of them right at that moment. So they're looking at him like, oh my goodness, we are dead. We done dead, we, we done dead, right? So they feared that he, they feared the, the guy that they portrayed. Now he has all the power. What is he going to do? But Joseph chose to forgive. Wow. So when we are face to face sometime with the people that wronged us, yeah. we can choose to forgive or we can retaliate, right? But this, so Joseph chose to forgive. You know, you know how he forgave? He disarmed the power that they had over him. He disarmed the power that they once had over him. No, listen to this. In verse 8, let's go back to verse 8, right? In chapter 45, it says, Now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of all his house and the ruler throughout all the land of, of Egypt, right? So he's saying, no, it was not you who sent me, it was God. He just disarmed the power that they once had over him. They said, no, 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 no. Why I'm here right now, why I had to go through those, to the pit and to, into slavery was not because of you. It was because of God. He just disarmed power. Like you're not above me. You will not be able to control me any longer. Let me just take this power away from you. See, forgiveness is about changing your response to your offender. No, it wasn't you. Wow. You're not that strong. You're not that powerful. It wasn't you. God's got me. I serve a sovereign God. He's got me. It wasn't you. What you meant 
for evil, God meant it for good. It's for a purpose, right? So he didn't, Joseph is amazing. Joseph didn't act like a victim, right? Oh, what you done did to me. I can't believe you did this to me, right? I can't believe that, right? He didn't dwell on the past. Right? He said, I can't believe, I, can't, I cannot believe it. I cannot believe what you did to me. You know, it's hard for me to forgive. Forgiveness is a process. Um, you, know, you know, I'm so upset right now. I just need a moment. I need about 10 more years and maybe I will forgive you. No, 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 he didn't act like a, a, a victim. I know forgiveness is a process, but he already started the process before he got to this place. He would have never been able to forgive his brothers if it weren't for the other trials or the pit stops that God ordained in his life. Right? So he, he didn't act like a victim. If people don't believe God is sovereign, they will blame others and retaliate. They will blame others and retaliate. Oh, it's getting real quiet. Look, look, feel a little thick in here, right? I thought we were all having a good old time and said, I talk about forgiveness. It's like, no, don't you talk about that. Those who are spiritual would trust God. He is at work. Forgiveness reveals our trust in God. Every path produces something good in us. So he disarmed. Check out, listen. So Joseph disarmed the power that they once had over him. And then he disarmed the power that he had over them. Withholding forgiveness is, a ref is the refusal to give up perceived power. Oh, listen to this. So sometimes people withhold forgiveness that someone needs. Right? They refuse to give them that forgiveness. It's like dangling forgiveness over someone's head. Like you know you're supposed to forgive, but you're just dangling it over, over their heads. Right? Because you, 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 you feel like you have perceived power. You feel like you have power over, over them. So you know they are in need for forgiveness. Even if you're not face to face with your people. You know that people in your past that, you, you, that come to mind, they feel like you're dangling it over their heads. Like I, I am not, they don't deserve my forgiveness. It's like you with, you're holding back their peace. It's not really their peace that you are holding back. It's your own. It's your own. It's just dangling. We do, we do this. We, we, I know you need forgiveness. I know they need forgiveness, but I'm not, I'm not going to give it to them. Because we, we feel like we have this perceived power. Like we have power over them. We're comfortable with that. No, Joseph's like, no, 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 no. This was by design. It wasn't, it, it wasn't you. If it wasn't them that put him, right? If, if it was designed by God and if it wasn't them, it sure enough wasn't Joe. It wasn't his choice to be in prison. It wasn't his choice to be a slave. So why would he hold, withhold forgiveness? Why would he withhold forgiveness, right? Deliverance was the goal. This was God's plan, not Joseph. If Joseph didn't forgive, God couldn't deliver. Forgiveness comes before deliverance. Our Father, Lord in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our daily bread, forgive us for our trespasses and forgive, uh, help us forgive those who trespass against us, right? Uh, uh, do not lead us into temptation, right? And deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. So if I don't forgive, who is the evil one? This is the question. If we don't forgive, who's actually the evil one? Forgiveness comes before deliverance. Right? God couldn't deliver until Joseph was able to forgive. Right? I believe sometimes we withhold blessings. We stop our blessings in life. We stop us for uh, our deliverance in life because we withhold forgiveness and we dangle it over our enemies or people. Right? When you are face to face, face with the opportunity to forgive, right? You can either withhold forgiveness or receive deliverance. So, what are we gonna do? For me, I wanna receive deliverance, right? Because now I know that I am a child of God and God has ordered my steps. He will never leave me nor forsake me, right? And I know he has ordained some pit stops for my life, right? So that means I have to go through certain, certain things, right? So I don't have time, right, to have unforgiveness in my spirit. Amen. Yeah. yeah, I know it's not a popular subject, right? Forgiveness is the key to deliverance. Forgiveness frees you from being tied to the past. Forgiveness allows you to re uh, allows you to release toxic feelings. Forgiveness empowers you to love and trust again. Forgiveness is essential for your health and happiness. Forgiveness is the key to deliverance. So how do we do this thing? How do we forgive? How do we forgive? We said forgiveness reveals our trust in God, right? So we go back to our, uh, a scripture that models trust, that models trust in God. It's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. If God doesn't have your heart, it's hard for us to receive forgiveness then it would be hard for us to forgive. See, forgiveness is about accepting a better offer. That's so good. It's about accepting a better offer, right? You give them your heart, you get one back better, right? We have to make a choice. We have to choose. We have to choose to be bitter, better, not bitter. Don't choose to be bitter, it's the opposite. Choose to be better, not bitter. Are you with me? It's a forgiveness, it's about being brave. <laughs> it's about, be, it's giving that, that perceived power, 
that you think you have. Just being brave. Just, you know, forgiveness is about being brave. God, here, take my heart. Because I, I, can't, I can't control my emotions. I can't control what's going on. God, just take my heart. It's about being brave. Giving God your heart. It's about being brave. This says, lean not on your own understanding. Give what perceived power you think you have over to God. Stop leaning on your feelings rather than what your faith expects of you. Yeah. Whew. I'm scared. It says, acknowledge him in all of your ways. Change your response toward your offender. Change your response toward your offender. Tell your offender, I needed this. Thank you, because God ordained this. You don't have that much power. You don't have power over me. So what I'm going through is what I meant to go through. Change your response. You are a child of God. God's using you. He's going to turn things around for you, right? So what the person meant for evil, God made it, is making it for good. Let him make it for good. <laughs> Release it. Let them make it for good. Yeah. Forgive. And he will direct your paths, your paths, right? God will use what, what broke you to make you into what he designed you to be. Amen. I love the life of Joseph, right? It was about deliverance. When Joseph forgave, so first, when he was face to face, so all the, think about everything that he went through in life, right? Or the, the entire journey, then he was face to face with, with his brothers. His past came all the way back around, right? God did all this work in his life, and he would reveal what God did in his life. He revealed everything that the Lord did in his life. He was face to face with his brothers, and he walked in humility, and he forgave them. And then this, huge, this big deliverance came. So Joseph wasn't the only one that got delivered. His brothers were delivered. He saved their lives because he forgave them. Because he forgave them, right? Did they deserve his forgiveness? Let me ask you, do we deserve God's forgiveness? So if we're created in the image of God, if we're supposed to be Christ-like, we need to do what God does. Yeah. Forgives us anyway. Yeah. Forgives us anyway. Forgives us. No, they didn't deserve his forgiveness. It's not about them deserving his forgiveness. This is about freeing himself from the past. Deliverance is about freeing yourself in the past. No more attachments. No more attachments to the past. You know what attachments are, right? Attachments are, 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 all the attachments that you have in your life are power that they have over you. That's why we call them attachment. They are attached to you. So that means they have power over you. Release those attachments. No attachments from the past. I'm freeing you. I'm freeing you right now. When I free you, God's going to deliver you. He freed his brothers and God delivered them. Wow. That's what it was about. Yeah. It was about God using Joseph for this great deliverance. Mm -hmm. 
The whole land was blessed because Joseph trusted God. I want to be used like Joseph. That everywhere I go, people say, man, God is with him. Like they see evidence of it, right? Because we know God is everywhere, but it's manifested through me. Right, you would know that God was with me, right? Because when I leave your presence, you will be blessed. I want that for everyone here today. I want that for everyone here today. That's my prayer for this church, that people will see God in you. And then everything that you do will be blessed. Everywhere that you go will be blessed. Because God is in you and working through you. That's the whole message. Let God, God is in you. He wants to work through you. We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.